you know, the, the customs officers, they, they tend to like a little bribe to let you get through. Well, fortunately, we got, we got there about two or three in the morning. I couldn't, I can't remember. There wasn't a soul in the airport. There was two little girls there to, to help us with our luggage, get it out to Brian's truck, and, and we were good to go. So that was great. On the way back um, was a different story, but <laughs> we got to the airport, and they told us, you're too late. Your, your, your plane is boarded. They're ready to go. And we said, no, that can't be. <laughs> and there was nobody in the airport because, again, we were there at 3 o'clock in the morning at their time. But um, somebody from the airline um, was gracious enough to, to hold up. We had, you got everything checked. We got, our, got through uh, immigration, um, all that stuff. So uh, it worked out. We got on the plane, and we were so thankful. But, um, you know, God, God works in such marvelous ways and takes care of his children. Um, This morning, Luke 24, verses 49 is our scripture uh, for today. And it simply says this, I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And Father, we thank you for that wonderful promise that you've given us of the Holy Spirit to walk with us and uh, to help us and to empower us to do your work. And uh, we are so thankful for that. Uh, We just uh, give you the glory, the honor. this morning, and uh, be with uh, the teaching um, that uh, you have for us. Amen. Good morning. Hey, Jim, welcome back. And Lana, great to have you guys back. Well, our plan for this morning uh, was to answer questions. We're going to take questions from you guys through the series on the Holy Spirit, answer them, uh, any question about anything that anybody wanted to ask about our series on the Holy Spirit this morning, but no one submitted any questions. So, I will ask my question about the Holy Spirit. Here is my one big question about the Holy Spirit. And it's a question, not just for me, but for us. When Jesus said, wait here until you are clothed with power from on high, my question has to be, am I clothed with power from on high? Do I have that? Am I living in that? If not, how do I enter into that? When Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, my question has to be, has the the Holy Spirit come upon me with that power? I don't know how you can read those verses and not have that be the issue. Andrew Murray, great Dutch Reformed missionary, writer, Bible teacher, a dear man of God, said this, Of all the questions in theology, there is none that leads us more deeply into the glory of God, none that is of more intense, vital, and practical importance for daily life than this. In what way and to what extent God's Holy Spirit can dwell in and can fill 
the heart of his child, making it into a holy temple of God with Christ reigning there as an ever-present and almighty Savior. Powerful statement. Of all the questions in theology, he says the one big question is this, in what way and to what extent can you be filled up with the Spirit of God? You can read about the the power of the Spirit in, in the book of Acts, but at some point you have to ask, what about me? What about now? What about this church? Is there any hope that I can live in the power of the Holy Spirit? Can I be clothed with this power from on high? In Andrew Murray's day, as he looked out all across the church, and he looked at the experience of the church all around him, he said, In all our writing and preaching and teaching, is there not something lacking? Is not the thing we lack this power from on high? And too often, so sadly, that is the case in the church. And it's not to be that way. It is not to be that way. Now, I don't say any of this. I don't raise this question. I don't present my big question uh, to stir any doubts about the presence or the power of the Spirit at work in me or in you or in this church, but to ask Do we know it as much as we should or can't? Everyone who believes in Christ has the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says, If anyone does not have the Spirit, he does not belong to Christ. But are we really living in the fullness of the power of the Spirit? If you have had a powerful experience of being filled with the Spirit, which many have and can give testimonies of that in your past, are you living in that power today? Are you clothed with power from on high? You know, in the very same letter that Paul tells the Ephesians that they were sealed with the Holy Spirit as a down payment, he also prays twice for them for power. In chapter 1, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be open so that you would know his incomparably great power for us who believe. In chapter 3, Paul said, I pray that out of the Father's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit. That tells me that you can have the deposit of the Spirit and not know of the great power of the Spirit. That tells me that you can have the deposit of the Spirit and still need to be strengthened by the power of the Spirit. Otherwise, Paul wouldn't be praying those things for those people that he he told had that. And in all honesty, as you look at your life, I mean, as you just look at yourself each day and you know what you know, your body, your mind, your emotions, you know yourself. Do you not sense this need of power? 
And in the face of all that must be done, in the face of all that you're called to do, in the face of the great spiritual needs of the people around you, even people in your own family, perhaps, in the face of the hardness of the world, do we not need the power of the Holy Spirit? We are called to run a race. We're called to finish that race. We're called to make disciples. We're called to give away ourselves to others. We're called to serve God in our generation. How can we do that without the Holy Spirit? I mean, in all honesty, sometimes we can barely get out of bed. Sometimes we can barely handle getting through the mundane responsibilities of one single day. How are we going to make a dent in this world for God? The answer, and the only answer, is the Holy Spirit. The indispensable requirement to bear fruit for God in this world is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is why Jesus said to his disciples, stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. The idea of being clothed with the Spirit is from the Old Testament. It's not a new, new idea. In Judges 6.34, it says, The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. Most of us know the story of Gideon. Things that he was called to do, to just with a handful of men to go feed, defeat a huge army. It says, The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. Second Chronicles 24.20, Then the Spirit of God clothed Zechariah. Without clothing, um, we are naked, unprepared for life or for ministry. We are missing something. To be clothed with the Spirit means that you now have the resources to take on your work. When Gideon was clothed with the Spirit, it meant he had the power of the Spirit to go fight the Midianites. Clothing is used as a metaphor throughout the scripture to express that we take on the characteristics or the virtue of whatever God clothes us with. And if you, if you know your Bible at all, you can think of, I could quote dozens of, of passages throughout the scripture that, that talk about this. For example, David, uh, Psalm 3011, David said, You turned my morning into dancing, you have removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy. And if God clothes you with joy, that means you have joy. Uh, it talks about in Isaiah, he's, he's given us a garment of praise. If he's given you a garment of praise, it means that your life is now filled with adoration and praise, worship toward God. Isaiah 61.10, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God, for he has clothed me with garments of salvation and covered me with a robe of righteousness. If God clothes you with salvation, you are saved. If you have a robe of righteousness, you are righteous in God. Whatever God clothes you with, you are completely identified with that clothing. When God clothes you with the Spirit, you take on the characteristics of the Spirit. So when we, are, when we ask to be uh, filled with the Spirit, we are asking to be saturated or permeated with the very... Uh, attributes or qualities, characteristics of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm afraid that so many people say, uh, fill me with the Spirit, and it's almost become sort of a, a meaningless reputation, a, a set of words that really lacks any content. Just fill me with the Spirit, like sort of like, make me feel good, help me out, whatever. But when we ask to be filled with the Spirit, that means something. I mean, there is real content in that phrase. We are asking for the Spirit of God to permeate us with His joy, with His love, with His peace, with His purity, His holiness, and His power. We are asking for enablements to serve. We are asking for a tangible, conscious thing. To be clothed with power from on high means the power of the Holy Spirit becomes infused into you. The power is always from God and from Him. It is never from us. But yet, His power, He is so identified with us that we become identified with that power. That's what it means to be clothed with power. I'm not talking about uh, becoming uh, flamboyant or taking on some sort of razzle-dazzle personality uh, not not some side of all of a sudden you become this sort of real insensitive, assertive uh, person that goes around hurting people's feelings. I mean, I'm not talking about that kind of human power. I'm talking about power to do your work, power to do the thing that God has called you to do, power to live the life that God has called you to live. And it is very important that you know that you have this power of the Holy Spirit. It's very important that you have this conviction to be able in any given moment of need to count on the power of the Holy Spirit to be upon you and to be with you. The prophet Micah in the Old Testament loved this verse. He compared himself to all the godless, wicked prophets around him And he said, they will be ashamed and disgraced. They will get no answer from God. But as for me, I am filled with power and with the Spirit of the Lord. Micah 3.8 I believe every Christian should come to that point where you are able to say that same thing with conviction. But as for me, I am filled with power and with the Spirit of the Lord. The prophet Jeremiah said, But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior. Jeremiah 20, 11. Another, another fantastic memory verse. I love it out in the New American Standard. But the Lord is with me like a dread champion. Uh, these men, these prophets, they, they knew they had the power of the Spirit. And they completely identified themselves with, with it. And Jesus wants all his disciples to know this power too. He wants you to know that and to know that it is upon you. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to them, Don't leave, don't go anywhere, don't do anything until you have the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what will enable you to carry out your work and how much the disciples needed the power of the Spirit to do what they were called to do. 
When Jesus saved Paul on the road to Damascus, he struck him blind. Paul had to be led by the hand. Somebody had to take Paul's hand and lead him back into the city of Damascus. And the Lord appointed someone to go talk to him in Acts 9.15. But the Lord sent a man named Ananias to him. And notice what he said to Paul. He said, the Lord Jesus Christ has sent me to you. So that you may see again and so that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I don't know totally why Jesus struck Paul blind, but one thing for sure, it kept him from doing anything until he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think there's a message in that. Paul needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit before he did anything, just like the disciples. He could not give one message, he could not start one church, he could not take one missionary journey without the power of the Holy Spirit. This is the way that everything was done in the early church. As, as, uh, it's the way just everything, everybody did everything. And I just want to read you a few verses throughout the book of Acts to, to help us get a picture of this. Uh, when Peter and John were put in jail and then taken out the next morning and questioned by the authorities, Acts 4.8 says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them. And I'm not going to tell you all what he said, but the, but the point is, how did, Peter get, how did Peter get his words? Where did he get the knowledge to know what to say? Where did he get the strength to, to answer these authorities with this kind of speech? He got it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've talked about Acts 4.31. It says, uh, the, the same disciples that were filled with the Spirit, it says in back Acts 2, Acts 4.31, it says, and they were filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit again. And they spoke with the word of God boldly, with great, <coughs> with great power. The apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Again, where did they get this power? It's from the Holy Spirit. When selecting men to serve the church in Acts 6, the twelve apostles said, Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit. I mean, even those who, who they chose to wait on tables were filled with the power of the Spirit. And this is a little sideline. I love this. It says they were known to be. They were known to be men and women who were filled with the Spirit. They were known for that, and that's the way it is to be. Um, regardless of what else you and I do, it shouldn't be, when they, when they think of me or you, it should, be, it should not be... Uh, uh, He's the guy in this that does this or that or, or in this business or this line of work or he's really good at this or that. No, the first thought should be, no, he's one of those that's filled with the Holy Spirit. They're known to be men who are full of the Holy Spirit. Or ladies, too. It should be, oh, yeah, she, you know, she, somebody mentions your name. Oh, yeah, she's that woman down at Real Life Church who's full of the Spirit. Known to be full of the Spirit. But my main point here is that they even serve tables filled with the power of the Spirit. And remember that this Thursday. When Stephen spoke to the council of the Jewish leaders, the Sanhedrin, in Acts 7, uh, 54, it says, they were furious and they gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Spirit, looked up 
to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Stephen is about to be stoned. His life is at an end. Where did he get this power to face death by stoning with such, with such a sense of glory, with such a sense of glorious hope? It came from the power of the Spirit. He was, he, he, but Stephen, full of the Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God. Acts 13.9, when Elamus uh, tried to turn people away from the faith, it says, then Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at him and said, you are a child of the devil, and he actually blinded him. Where did Paul get that prophetic insight and the authority to speak that way? It, was, it says, Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. It's because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. It came from the power of the Spirit. In the midst of great persecution at Antioch, in Acts 13, 52, it says, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Where did they get the power to have joy? Where did they get the power to rejoice? It was power that came from the Holy Spirit. And, and I've just quoted a sampling. I mean, if you read through the book of, of, of Acts and just look for, for that phrase, filled with the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, you see it again and again. Under, and when there was pressure, when there was persecution, when there was problems, when, when, no matter what the situation was, Filled with the Spirit, they took it on, they met it, and saw God work. At the end of Paul's life, he was able to say, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me, by the power of signs and miracles, through the power of the Spirit. So that from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel of Christ. In other words, at the very end of his life, Paul was saying, this is written uh, at the end of the book of Romans, or toward the end of the book of Romans, he says, all that I have done, all that has been accomplished through me has been done through the power of the Holy Spirit. Back to my original question. How do we have, do, do we have the power of the Spirit? How do we have the power of the Spirit to serve Christ in 2013? How do we have power to speak up for Christ, power to live life in such a way that we are witnesses for Christ, power to finish the race, power to run the race, power to finish the race, power to stand firm in the midst of evil, power to stand in the midst of our trials and, and tribulations and sufferings and pain, Power to stand against the accuser. Power to love people that are hard to love. Power to hope. How do I receive or live in the power of the, of the Spirit? Well, first, you have to repent of your sins and receive forgiveness of your sins through Jesus Christ. I mean, this is a non-issue until you come to Christ. And there are there are some, I'm sure, here this morning, who still need to come to Christ for salvation. You, you are here this morning, you've heard about Jesus, you've listened to messages, but you know that you still need to come and repent of your sins, come to Jesus to forgive your sins, and to receive Him as Lord and Savior.
So my message to you this morning is come. Come this morning. Today if you hear his voice. Do not harden your hearts. Do not wait one more Sunday. Don't, don't put it off one more time. Come. There is no power of the Holy Spirit to be in you and with you until you turn and come to Christ. So believe on him. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But it won't happen until you come to him to save you. Secondly, know that it is God's will for you to be clothed with power from on high. It is God's will, we are told in scripture, for you to rejoice always, to always give thanks to be subject to one another. We see that as a fruit of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 5. But it is also God's will for you to have the power of the Spirit in your life. Indeed, God seeks for men and women who, who he, whom he can clothe with power from on high. You can be 100% assured that it is the will of God for you to have, to live in, and walk in power of the Holy Spirit. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And this is important to know because you cannot confidently ask God for something unless you know without doubt that he wants you to have it. 1 John 5.14, this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked from him. When you ask for the power of the Holy Spirit, when you ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit, when you ask for fresh power or enablement to do the thing that is before you to do, whether it's for the first time or for the 10,000th time, you know that you are asking for something that God wants you to have. And 1 John 5.14 says, if we, if we ask for something we know God wants us to have, then we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the request which we have asked from him. Uh, secondly, which is pretty much just a continuation of this, is, is ask. I mean, first, uh, know that it is God's will for you to have the power of the Holy Spirit. Two, ask. The, the power of the Holy Spirit cannot remain a theory or a doctrine or, or, or concept or words on a page. You, you, you have to come to some point in your life where you say, I want that. I want it enough to go after it. I want it enough to let God know I want it. I want it enough to seek it for me. The law of the kingdom is ask and receive. And so I want to ask you a question. Have you ever really, really asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Have you ever really come to the point in your life where you're just not content to live without the full dynamic of the Holy Spirit working in you and upon you? Are you ready to say, Jesus, when you said you will be clothed with power from on high. I want that. 
I want to receive all that you intended when you said you will be clothed with power from on high. I may not understand it all. I may have a lot of questions about it. But Jesus, when you said that, I hear you say that, and I want that. I want to receive all that you meant when you said you will be clothed with power from on high. When you promise that you should receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, I want, I want to be sure that I know and have and live in all that that means. If you've prayed that prayer at some time or some season of your life, I encourage you, I exhort you this morning to make this the unceasing prayer of your life. To daily and continually pray for the power of, your, of the Spirit in all you do. Maybe it's just because I feel uh, weaker than most of you guys, but I mean, I find myself praying for the power of the Spirit every time I turn around. I mean, I wouldn't dare think of coming up here on a Sunday morning without asking for the power of the Holy Spirit. I wouldn't even lead a life group without asking for the power of the Spirit. I don't meet with anybody in my business without asking for the, to, for the help of the Holy Spirit. I need the power of the Holy Spirit upon me in everything that I do. And we need to ask and, and make that just, a, just a, a part of our approach to realize how utterly dependent we are upon God and his power to function and to get through this life. Number three, receive the power of the Spirit by faith. You know, as, as much as I would like for everyone to have a powerful, earth-shaking experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit, there's an element of this that is just received by faith. Paul asked the Galatians, how did you receive the Spirit? By the works of the law or by hearing with faith? And of course the answer was by hearing with faith. God promises you the Holy Spirit. And so you take that for yourself by faith. Uh, I compare, it's, a, it's, it's different. Um, I'll use shopping as an example. I, I, I think by, when you take something by faith, it's like you own it for yourself. There's the promise but you take it by faith. And you, go to, you might go to the mall and you walk through the stores and you kind of window shop. You look at this, you look at that, but you don't take anything home with you. That's not faith. Faith is when you see something in the, in the window and you, and you take it home with you, for you. Faith is possessing something. You know, Paul said the problem with the Jews is that they heard all the things that God did for them all day long, but the problem was they didn't mix it with faith. And if you don't mix this with faith and take it for you, uh, it, it, it's, it's like leaving, it's like walking past it, seeing it on, in the window at the store, hearing about it, but never, never owning it, possessing it for you. And again, God has promised the Spirit for all who believe. Thank God for that. Take it by faith and then they begin to stand on that in faith. And there's, there's promises that you can stand on in that too. I love 1 John 2.27. The anointing you received from him remains in you. He wrote to the believers in, in 1 John. The anointing is the anointing of the, of the Spirit. The anointing you receive from him remains in you. You have an anointing. And there comes a point when you, when you, when you yield yourself totally to God, you want to be filled, controlled, led by the Holy Spirit, and ask for that, you believe for that, there comes a point where, you, where you, you take that by faith. You count on that. You count on that anointing as you launch out each, each day. And 
I love what John says, that anointing remains in you. Stand in faith that you have it. Pray that you may live in, the more, in more complete knowledge of it, but stand in faith that you have it. And I feel I need to address one very common mistake and something that I think really confuses people and, and, and at times it confuses me. And the, the mistake is this, expecting that you must always feel the power of the Spirit at work, or that you must, or that, or, or actually, actually I, think, I think the worst mistake is to, is that you, to expect that you must always feel powerful. Uh, the Bible says power and weakness go together in each of us. Paul said to the Corinthians, I was with you in weakness, but my preaching was in power. Feelings of weakness do not mean that you cannot have or do not have the power of the Spirit. I mean, sometimes we feel rotten. We may even wonder, where is the power of God? And sometimes the answer to that question is that the power of God is right there in your weakness. You know, someone has said the Holy Spirit hides himself in our weakness. Paul said, it is into my weaknesses that the power of Christ flows. In the, into those times when I, when I feel the most distress, when I feel the most hardship, when I'm knocked down, when I'm beaten down, when I'm insulted the worst, that's when I experience the power. 1 Corinthians uh, 13.4, I love this. I love this. Paul said, to be sure, Christ was crucified in weakness, and yet he lives by the power of God. Likewise, we too are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him to serve you. What does that mean? Christ was crucified in weakness? I mean, Christ succumbed to the crucifixion. His, I mean, his body, he, was, he was weak in, in, in the flesh or in human body. He succumbed to the beatings, to the nails, to the crucifixion. In his body and mind and emotions, he felt all that. He felt that abuse. Yet, he was raised up by the power of God. And Paul is saying that we too live in this same paradox. You may, you, it's possible, it, it is possible to come to church or walk into any given situation and feel tremendously weak and yet ask for and expect to have the power of the Spirit upon you, even in the midst of your feeling very, very weak. We feel, like, like Paul said, likewise we are weak. We feel the body blows of this world. We're affected by the, by the beatdowns. We feel the weakness of our bodies, the weakness of our emotions and our psychological strength. Yet, we go on in God's power. We feel weakness, but we also keep experiencing the power of God. And that, that, is, that is what it is like to be, uh, to be clothed with power from on high. It's still, <clears throat> we still remain, re- retain our weakness. We're still a clay pot, right? We're still a clay jar. But the surpassing greatness of the power in us and upon us is from God. In fact, the consciousness, or, or excuse me, um, so again, I say, so there's some, there's, 
there, there is something weak about us, something very normal, and yet something very powerful at the same time. And so you, let your feelings of weakness remind yourself of your need of the incomparably great power of God toward us who believe. And consciousness of weakness should just should not say, okay, well, that shouldn't be the end of the story. I'm weak. It should drive you to look to him for power, to thank him for his power, to count on his power. We truly do need the power of the Spirit for everything. And we think of the conventional things that we need the, the, Spirit, the, the, the Holy Spirit for, the power of the Spirit. I mean, preachers think they need the power of the Spirit to preach. Certainly do. We need the power of the Spirit to witness. We need uh, the power of the Spirit to just enablement to, to, serve, to serve Christ. But you know, in, in Ephesians 3... Uh, Paul prayed that the power that, that the Father may strengthen you with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. What an amazing thing! You need the power of God just to have a consciousness of Jesus living in your heart. <laughs> you know, and man, what a what a what a powerful thing that is! If we would just l- could live each day with just totally conscious that Jesus Christ is living presently in our hearts. Man, what a difference that would make. Paul, Paul prayed for the Ephesian people that they would be strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit so that Christ would dwell in their hearts through faith. And that they would have the power to grasp how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love which surpasses knowledge. See, it, it is the power of the Spirit that does all these things. I believe if we realized all that the power of the Spirit could do for us, we wouldn't go after many of the other things that we go after to solve or meet our needs. And Paul closed this this prayer in Ephesians by saying, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work that is at work within us. So, what do you need the Holy Spirit for? I mean, everything. And whatever you feel the need for this morning, it is, it is the power of the Holy Spirit that ultimately is the answer for that. Clothed with power from on high. And again... I would that all of us, uh, as we close, get to the end of this series, would be or come to the place where we can say, but as for me, I am filled with power and with the Spirit of God. Well, <clears throat> how do we end this? This is the end. This is the end. You know, last week sort of was the end to our series on the Holy Spirit. I mean, this is it. Okay, there's no more. Uh, this, is, this is the end. So how do we end this? How do you guys want to end this? I mean, do we, do we just end it and go home? Uh, do, I, do I lead us in some sort of group prayer? Uh, do we invite everyone everyone to come up to the front? 
I mean, I would love for us to show some tangible evidence of our desire to know this power from on high. I also know that it can't be manipulated. I also know that there's, there's nothing magical about anything we do outwardly. So, here's, here's what we're going to do. Uh, I want you to just... I'm going to plan something, and then I'm going to leave it to the Spirit to plan the rest. All right? Here's what I want you to do. Uh, I want you to just uh, stay seated for about three minutes and listen to a song. And if this song expresses a desire of your heart, uh, just let God know that. Now, this is a song I picked. Okay? This is a song I listen to that deeply um, expresses the desire of my heart, and I listen to it, uh, and I'm greatly blessed by it when I, when I just feel the need for the power of the Spirit upon my life. Um, it may not be the kind of music you like at all, you know? You may think, man, where did that come from? But still, if you want the power of the Spirit in your life, or to be known more in your life, if you want the eyes of your heart to be enlightened more, uh, just ex- ex- let it let the song be an expression. And here's I'm going to read the words for you. And you know, I realize that theologically, some, there might be some here who have a problem with with the words. And and just the if, the point is, let the Holy Spirit, let the power of the Holy Spirit be upon my life. Okay. But <clears throat> here's the words: Anointing, fall on me. Anointing, fall on me. Let the power of the Holy Ghost, fall on me. Anointing, fall on me. Touch my hands, my mouth, and my heart. Fill my life, Lord, every part. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on me. Anointing, fall on me. And when the music is over, uh, feel free to leave. Uh, go visit in the lobby. Uh, but it, or if you want to stay in your seat, if you want to come down here in front, have other people pray for you or pray by yourself. Um, however the Spirit leads, Um, But let's let God know that we want to be a people who have and live in the power of the Holy Spirit.
Uh, you feel the spirit of God leads you to do today. Uh, you're dismissed. Thank you so much for coming and uh, let the spirit of God uh, touch your life today.